welcome back to another episode of the 909 podcast subscribe and share if you like the content we're on spotify and google podcasts with links in our show description getting right into it i thought i'd do a retrospective on pandemics and vaccines and realized a couple of things through my research a lot of the phrases terms and even origins we're associating with the current pandemic need some clearing up which is what i'm going to do in this episode first up was the virus created in a lab if it were true it'd be better than any movie plotline you'd come across china engineers a virus sells faulty medical equipment and takes over the world in a matter of months although if their engineering capability when it comes to masks is anything to go by this virus should have died out in a few weeks more than my armchair theorizing The chief scientist of WHO, Samia Swaminathan, said that after a detailed study of the virus's genome, of which there are over 5000 sequences now, there's no evidence to prove that it was engineered in a lab. The sequences also show an extreme level of similarity with naturally occurring coronaviruses found in animals. Staying on that point, coronaviruses found in animals When a disease spreads from animals to people, they're called zoonotic diseases, which is what the coronavirus is. It's also important to understand how exactly diseases make the jump from animals to humans. There are several ways and I'll get into them now. The first one is direct contact, which is coming into contact with the saliva, blood, urine, mucus, feces, or other bodily fluids of an infected animal. Examples of how you could contract this are also through petting or touching animals and bites and scratches. In other words, when the beer goggles make that cow a little too attractive, walk away. Walk away. The next is indirect contact, which is coming into contact with areas where animals live and roam or objects or surfaces that have been contaminated with germs. Examples include aquarium tank water, pet habitats, chicken coops, bonds plants and soil as well as pet food and water dishes simply put don't use the aquarium tank water for a bath the third is vector borne which is being bitten by a tick or an insect like a mosquito or a flea keep the bug spray handy the fourth is water borne which is drinking or coming in contact with water that has been contaminated with feces from an infected animal in other words that aquarium water don't drink it either The final one is food borne. Eating or drinking something unsafe such as unpasteurized milk, undercooked meat or eggs or raw fruits and vegetables that are contaminated with feces from an infected animal. Contaminated food can definitely cause illnesses in people and animals including pets. Over here, steak lovers, there seems like there's only one way to have your meat. Well done. Food borne is what makes the origin of the coronavirus interesting. I mean it could have been waterborne too but who knows The news cycle is constantly talking about wet markets in Wuhan and we all just nodded along I for one had no idea what a wet market was My imagination told me there was something to do with water Oh well For those like me not in the know a wet market is a marketplace selling fresh meat fish produce and other perishable goods as distinguished from dry markets that sell durable goods such as fabric and electronics not all wet markets sell live animals but the term wet market is sometimes used to signify a live animal market 
in which vendors slaughter animals upon a customer's purchase. This led me to doing a little research about the South China seafood wholesale market in Wuhan. It's the purported epicenter of COVID-19. First up, let's understand how big this place is. It's spread over 50,000 square meters. That's roughly the size of seven soccer fields. And it's reportedly the largest wholesale seafood market in central China. Now, let's see what's on the menu. There's a mental cheese, vegetables, spices, herbs, chickens, striped bass, crab, shrimp. Sounds all right? Let's work our way through more of the list of what's on offer. Snakes, wolf puppies, ostriches, peacocks, donkeys, dogs, crocodiles, civets, beavers, frogs, salamanders, otters, and so much more. Strangely enough, I did not spot bats. And that's where the problem really begins. Now in these wet markets, if sanitation standards are not maintained, they become a hotbed for disease. Those that carry live animals and wildlife are at a high risk of transmitting zoonotic diseases. Because of the openness of these markets and the size, newly introduced animals may come in direct contact with sales clerks, butchers, and customers or even other animals which they would never interact with in the wild. This may also allow for some animals to act as intermediate hosts, helping a disease spread to humans. Which explains a bit of confusion. The only certainty at the moment is that the coronavirus that we're all under the threat of originated in bats. How it got to humans is anyone's guess. People have theorized it was pangolins, some have even said it was dogs, then there's snakes. So there's a lot of intermediaries that we are not too aware of and are not really sure of how it made its way from bats to humans. Which brings me to vaccines. Coronaviruses are a family of viruses that cause illnesses such as the common cold and SARS. SARS is Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome and the Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, MERS. COVID-19 is caused by a virus that's closely related to the one that caused SARS. For this reason, scientists have named the new virus SARS-CoV-2. Now, while vaccine development can take years, researchers aren't starting from scratch to develop a COVID-19 vaccine. Past research on SARS and MERS vaccines has identified potential approaches. And this is the good part. Soumya Swaminathan, the chief scientist of the WHO, said it's quite unprecedented to have so many vaccine candidates within three months of a new pathogen being described. Several of these candidates are in human clinical trials and the WHO intends to help bring together manufacturers and scientists to facilitate prioritization criteria for developing vaccine candidates and clinical trial protocols. However, a vaccine is effectively 9 to 12 months away at this stage. So we've covered wet markets and vaccines to an extent. The last part is herd immunity, which is another term that's been tossed around quite a bit, especially from Boris Johnson in the UK. It's a solution looked at in many parts of the world and is associated with vaccination programs too. Although achieving it naturally would result in a very high death toll in the current pandemic. Because studies have shown that only 5-10% to of the population has the necessary antibodies 
but the studies aren't conclusive enough to tell us if those are protective antibodies for the current pandemic. And 80% of the population needs to have protective antibodies to achieve herd immunity. The only way of achieving that safely at this point in time is through a vaccine. So there you have it. I learned a fair bit about certain aspects of what's happening at the moment, especially with the initial cause and transmission and also with what a wet market is. It uh, definitely necessitates some more study in terms of how wet markets actually help in China and I'm definitely going to do that at some point. On a final note, if you're a fan of World War Z which stars Brad Pitt, here's a bit of trivia. The origin of the zombie outbreak was supposed to be in China in the movie. Fearing backlash from Chinese censors, they changed that location. I wonder what the Chinese censors are thinking about censoring now. That's it for this episode. If you found it interesting, subscribe to the channel and share it with your friends. I'll be back soon with another episode. Until then, stay safe, stay indoors. I'll talk to you soon.